Kingdom Affairs podcast. My name is Abigail Kelly, and I'm here with Amalia Dillon. Say hello. Yay! Hi, I am Amalia Dillon. I am an author of romance, fantasy, <laughs> historical fiction, mm-hmm. contemporary romance. A blend of all of those things. I, I write a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Under yeah, three pen names. Woo! Yes. Amalia is in most of them, so you can kind of, right? Yes, I am all Amalia. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I am so happy that you're here. Um, You were first featured on the podcast, uh, unsuspectingly, uh, in in our Orc episode. Yes, it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Still to this day, I think one of the best episodes. We're like 20 episodes deep, and it was a very good episode. It was really fun. Yes. Uh, and you, you, the 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 book we featured was Honor Among Orcs, um, which was such a good book, <laughs> so fun. Um, and and I I did not know that that was a subgenre that existed before I dove into it. Um, Me neither. And yeah, right. Like who, who knew? There there are a lot of people who really like orc stuff, though. I have found out in the interim. <laughs> A lot. Um, yeah. Uh, but I I am so happy to have you here because we got to talking a little bit on Twitter when the when the episode released about um, the kind of vagaries of publishing and yes. the the reluctance for um, from traditional publishers to publish things that are outside of the mainstream that very clearly have a huge audience online. Yes. Um, and I I was so excited to talk to you about it. And you were gracious enough to agree to come on this silly little podcast to talk about those things today. But before we get into that, all new guests of the podcast have to answer one question before anything else. Oh, no, and not a pop is... quiz. Oh, it's not a pop <laughs> quiz. It's more like a temperature check. Uh, okay, I'm okay. ready. How do you feel about romance novels? Oh, man, I love romance novels. Are you kidding? They have gotten mm-hmm. me through the entirety of 2020. Mm-hmm. No, like 2019, 2020, <laughs> the first two months of 2021. Like, romance novels forever. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, when, did you, when did you start reading romance novels? Um secretly (laughs) (laughs) generally yeah uh i i was man i i must have been like middle like middle school sixth i like sixth grade maybe maybe a little later like i would like filch books because my mom read romance and don't tell her she won't listen to this thank goodness Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but like i would filch romance novels off of her bookcase and like because I was allowed to read some of the books on the bookcase but she wasn't really clear about which ones so I just like went for it um so yeah like probably like yeah middle school I started really getting into it and um never stopped do you remember what your first romance novel was or thereabouts (sighs) I there was one that I really loved that stands out the most to me as like the one that like 
really like hooked me. It was um it was called The Angel and the Prince. I don't remember who the author was, but it was like a zebra like zebra yes. the publisher zebra imprint yes. and it was like about this like super awesome badass um woman knight mm-hmm. and like she she was french and her arch nemesis was the prince of darkness who was Very english nice. and like they met on the field of battle and he took her captive and is holding her for ransom and they fall in love and it was just so dramatic and like (laughs) just like also like she was so awesome because she was both like a kick-ass knight Mm -hmm. and like she had like this like she cared about people and like wanted to take care of people too so it wasn't like she had to be one thing or the other she could be both it was just a plus a plus i haven't reread it in a long time i'm not sure how it would hold up but but i love it yeah that's that's the trouble um my i've said it before on this podcast but my very first official romance novel that i ever read was uh cressley cole's like a uh frick what was it um what it i don't remember the title right now i'm blanking but it was the seventh book a kiss of a demon king kiss of a demon king (laughs) and i at the time i it's one of her like saucier novels Mm -hmm. one might say Mm -hmm. um and that one is pretty much the entire plot revolves around edging and (laughs) i was maybe 13 when i i bought it oh yeah I think it was an Amazon ad on fanfiction.com or fanfiction.net. And I had a like Visa gift card from Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. And I bought it and I got it in the mail and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to have this. And then I read it and I was like, I don't know what any of this is. very good if we i mean we all remember our our formative romance novels i think they really set the tenor for the rest of our (laughs) lives don't they um yeah yeah there that Um, book had a lot of influence for sure (laughs) (laughs) i can totally see that actually now having read some of your novels like i can actually see that yeah right like badass but also soft but like that's what they have to do the whole thing yeah. Yes. Yep. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. You, do you remember what your first attempt at like a romance novel was? If it could even be called that. <sighs> oh my god. Um, I don't like to go this far back because it's really bad writing. So okay, I have been like I was writing like self insert like fanfic like from like uh, uh, go yes. like probably like first grade. In fact, I have Very some good. stories from I think like fifth grade that I still ha- like I have the papers and oh. it's like um m- me and like star like all the Star Wars cast and like oh. jo- like going to a summer school at Jabba's palace and I really hated Luke Skywalker like so like the whole <laughs> like I like I went I go deep man I go deep that's very good and <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I 
would think that I think that my first romances were really um, middle school. I was writing, of course, because when you're in middle school, like, like you don't really know, like you you just are telling stories. And yeah. what's the what are the, the like most familiar stories? Like the stories about your own life, right? Mm-hmm. So like you like you can ship like the people who are dating in your school and like change their names. And it's like, you know, all a secret, like no one will know. Yeah. <laughs> right. And God, I wrote, hope not. I wrote this thing that was like snowed in at school. And it was like the modified basketball team and the modified volleyball team. And like, <laughs> <laughs> we were all trapped in the school in this like snow oh, apocalypse. And like, there was definitely some romancing going on in that um like tamely and, and then like just more very like then i wrote like some romancy um superhero fanfic mm-hmm. um as i like like in college like there was like a whole like i had like a whole like avengers like i was super into ultimate ultimate marvel's universe Mm -hmm. and they had ultimate avengers and ultimate thor who was like oh my god the best Mm -hmm. so i was like writing like super romancy fanfic oh be still my heart ultimate very good very good time (laughs) i also wrote a lot of thor fanfic i can relate yes like i mean just like he was like a like ultimate thor was like a um he was like a hippie like save the planet like save the whales like right and i was like oh my god this makes so much sense it's a perfect twist so um yeah and also like it gets awkward because now i'm heathen so like that's like a whole thing but (laughs) but Mm -hmm. yeah i've i've been writing romance from as far back as I can remember and lived in denial <laughs> about it for a really long time. Oh my God. Isn't that the journey though? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I came to reading very late. I was a very late start reader. Um, I had like zero confidence in reading and I mm-hmm. didn't even know that there were like actually books out there written for my age group and like my right. interests. Had no clue. Right. None. No idea. Um, and then I, but I, I always wrote, I always wrote. I remember I had one of those like trapper keepers that they, they sell or they used to sell at limited to that yeah. had a little like voice password and it never worked. Oh man. Voice but, password. That's like a whole different level of trapper keeper technology. Yeah. <laughs> I I had mine and it was like mostly machine, almost no actual journal inside, right? It was just nice. a little pad of paper. And nice. I remember writing like Naruto fan fiction with myself in it when I was maybe like nine. Uh yeah. and then and then afterwards like I discovered the internet, which was a bad choice in general. Right. Right. Uh, but I, I found fanfiction.net and then I thought that's where all the stories written for me were until Heck I yeah. was like 12 or 13 when I found the young adult section and I was like, wait a yeah. minute. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. They write Life romance for my age? What? <laughs> I Some of was the like, best romance too. Like sometimes yes. like it's just like so good. It's so good. It Well, I think because, you know, it's one of those things, right, where because you're limited by kind of like generally 
what you can show and like how far yeah. you can go. Yeah. They really dig deep into developing the relationship yes. outside of, you know, the yes. physical side, which yes. can be kind of a crutch in, in adult romance. Yes. Uh, they, I mean, they boinked and now they're I'm, in love forever. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be like trashing adult romance because, man, no. I get a lot of love. I have so much love for tra- like adult romance. Like, I can't even, but like, there is something about young adult. Like when I was making my list of like fantasy romances that I Mm -hmm. love, like I realized a lot of them are like, like I have a lot of young adult fantasy romances that I just like really keep coming back to and love so much. And I can't like, and I'm like, why do I love these so much? Like why, what is it about these young adult fantasies that just Mm -hmm. feed me in a way that like adult fantasy Mm-hmm. doesn't and part of it is like i think that it's just so focused on growing the relationships mm-hmm. like romantic and otherwise that you don't get as much of at least that i haven't found as much of in adult fantasy and yeah. like i'm always looking for more of yeah i think um and it, it, it's funny how like with the backlash that has happened in 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 we have the pre-Twilight world and we have the post-Twilight world. Mm-hmm. And as a bookseller, I've encountered this backlash a lot, which is now there's a kind of like, although there's still a ton of romance, but no one likes to talk about that. Everyone yeah. talks about the, oh, this is a this is a YA fantasy, but it doesn't have any romance. Yeah. How progressive and cool is that? Um, and I used to get really annoyed um selling selling books to teenagers and having you know sometimes like a fellow bookseller or someone be like oh well you know that one's good it's got a little romance in it which is like "Mm, right but but the rest of it's good and it's like wait 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 hold on a minute yeah there is a lot of this like reflexive apology for the existence of romance and it's something that i like have been like had to fight in my own like uh, internally because like I started out um and I was like I don't write romance I write fantasy oh it yeah no there's no I mean so many kisses (laughs) in it but but you know there's no um you know mostly it's just like magic and like saving the world and stuff but also maybe there's a little bit you know (laughs) spoiler alert I was always writing romance. There was always mention in it. Always. I had to rewrite whole books before because I was like so deep into the idea that like, oh, I can't, no one's going to want it. No one's going to respect it if I like make it like overtly a romance. So I have to like keep it on the DL. And then I realized afterwards, I was like, why does this book suck so bad? And I was like, oh, it's because I censored the actual part of the story that I like. Yup, 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 yup. <laughs> you know, but don't do oh that my, anymore yeah. no way yeah like i had like a whole conversation and was like how, like are these the books that you want to write like these like you know romance mm-hmm. paranormal like or like or do you want to write historical mm-hmm. fiction i was like oh no no i want to be a historical fiction writer i want to write like i was lying yeah. I was lying to myself yeah. and I didn't even know it. All that internalized shame for just yeah. liking books where people end up happy in a, in a relationship. Like, and it's like, what man. is, why are we so, I mean, everybody wants love, romantic or friendship or whatever. Like we need love to like exist in the world. 
Like, why are we? I I I so ashamed of it. My pet theory, <laughs> not to not to make this Abigail's conspiracy cast. Oh, let's let's go. Yeah, is that um you know this is a, a predominantly female led genre. Right? Yeah, yeah, and anything that women like and women make, yeah, automatically is not meant for wider consumption. Yep. It is yep. meant for public censure. Yeah. And I, which is enormously frustrating when you think about it for more than a second. Uh, um, yeah. But I think also it goes a little bit deeper than that because so much of romance is a power fantasy in favor of women. A power fantasy of just like being in control of your life and finding someone who cares about you as a person and will be with you through thick and thin. Like yeah. that is... You, you, I think most people would be like, that's not a power fantasy. That's just like life. And it's like, but for women, that is a power yeah. fantasy because so many of them don't, can't even conceive of that yeah. in real life. Right? Yeah. You can maybe get one of those things, but not all yeah. of them. I mean, all you have to do is troll our relationships and. Oh, God. Is it the, uh, am, am I the asshole here? Uh, yeah. Or whatever? Yeah. yeah. God, all the like straight problems. Ugh. Yeah. That's yes. rough. That's rough. <laughs> It's his back. <laughs> and you, but, but you can see the need for romance. <laughs> yes. This idea that, like, romance, a, a good romantic relationship where you are fulfilled emotionally and, and intellectually supported. and physically, like, is yeah. a fantasy because it doesn't happen that much. It's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Insights, like, just yeah. shrink up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of. Uh, yes. my inside's shrinking up. Let's talk about publishing a little. Uh, okay. Let's do it. Let's all get down right. and dirty with it. Okay. Um, okay. Because, like, I, I, I'm I, interested, obviously, because, A, I'm a bookseller, so I'm coming mm-hmm. from a, a different angle here. I've seen hey, a different side. I was also briefly a bookseller. You were also a bookseller? I no was. Way. I worked at a Walden Books, which <gasps> I miss Walden Books so much. Bookseller fam, unite. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Did you, okay, well, did you like the job? (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was, I mean, like, it was, I was in that, I had just graduated from college and, like, my husband, like, my husband had one more semester and I needed Mm -hmm. something to do with myself and we needed money because, you know, we were poor and someone had to make it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I had also previously, like, I, my first, the first job I took was at Amazon customer service and I do not recommend it. (laughs) but i was like i was like i can do this it's like it's i'm working for the biggest bookstore in the world it was not it was not um so then i quit that job because it was literally like just like destroying me um and i went to work for walden books and it was like such a like oh such a relief i was home it was glorious. Yeah. I would have stayed there, except then my husband got a job in Connecticut and we had to move and there yeah, wasn't a Walden Books. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, it was great. I would, oh, a plus plus would Walden Books again. <laughs> I So I've worked for two bookstores at this point mm-hmm. um, and I you know, COVID happened. So I, I was working for a bookstore for almost two years and then covid yep yep and then i got i recently got a new job at a different bookstore in san francisco and it is like it book selling i 
I always tell people and they're like, oh my God, this is like my dream job. This is amazing. Get to just read all the day. And I'm like, well, that's not, well, well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like there are definitely some perks, but reading all day isn't one of them. No, nope, um, nope, nope. But uh, uh, I I definitely, I encountered that thing where I'm just like, you know, it it's still retail. It's still it's still retail. It's still got the vagaries yes. and and dips and 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 swells of of retail. Yes, um, yes. But it is a special kind of retail where it you is. Get to do some cool stuff, and you get to talk about stuff that you can be passionate about. Yeah. If you like books, which if you don't like books, you should not be a bookseller. No, make the job really difficult. Actually, yeah. Um, I can't even imagine. As a bookseller, I've come to the romance genre in an interesting way, right? Where I don't sell it because bookstores <laughs> don't carry it. Right. And I, I've, i you know, in my old bookstore, I, I was there long enough that I could be like, hey, I want to bring this book in and I'm going to sell it. And you're just going to have to live with that. Right. But, you know, in general, um, I, it's, it's, there's, the world is so strangely hostile to romance. I know. Um, and to the point where when I was looking at joining the RWA, which is like a different topic all on its own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that is <laughs> I, I, I went, I, I was looking at their, their homepage and I was looking at, um, I was trying to get statistics for episode zero to, to kind of like talk about how much, you know, they sell and mm-hmm. RWA's numbers are unsatisfactorily cited, one might say. Um but they had a tab on it that was like uh roman or like resources for romance friendly booksellers. Mm. And I was like that that phrase says yeah. so, so much. much. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you about, you know, your publishing journey in romance from from the opposite end, right? I sell the books and I've encountered <laughs> yeah. That weirdness, right? What yeah. has your journey been like so far? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild wild guess here and say circuitous. Uh <clears throat> so <laughs> as previously mentioned, yeah. I was lying to myself for mm-hmm. some time. About what I was trying to write. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, I my first books are fantasy romance. Uh-huh. They were published by a small press. Um, and they were actually they uh, not my first books, but um, very early when I started to like actually write novels, and I was like, I'm gonna be serious about this. Um, I wrote one book for NaNoWriMo that was also a romance. (laughs) Shocking. (laughs) Uh, And that's trunked. And then I wrote this series, which I had been kind of working on, like in the back of my head um, since, I don't know, like 2001. Like it had been a really long time. And then finally in like 2009, I sat down and, and I wrote this series. Um, it was my Fate of the God series, and it was taken mm-hmm. by World Weaver Press. Um, gave me, uh, gave me a contract, and 
really gave me hope for my future as an author. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, understandably. <laughs> I was I was really close to quitting uh, when that offer came, and and those books they they're romance. Like I tried to be like, no, they're they're romantic fantasy not mm-hmm. fantasy romance because you know lying to myself but my publisher was like they're fantasy romance and i was like fine like fine but i like i was like afraid in the back of my mind that like well if they call it fantasy romance then like what about no one's gonna buy it no one's gonna the whole seriously. like male readership that yeah like because yeah. most of my beta readers were guys yeah which like, so I was like, how can it, okay, so whatever, you know, um, yeah. <clears throat> and like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on in those books, but the romance is the core, the heart of the series. And so I was writing romance and then I was like, but I want to Asian, I want to be traditionally published, whatever. And then I wrote another romance <laughs> yes. like, well first i wrote uh yeah so i wrote helen of sparta which helen of sparta is essentially the romance of helen and theseus because like you don't hear a lot about theseus kidnapping helen like we just usually go straight to paris of troy like but mm-hmm. there was a whole prior like thing with theseus and like i went all in Mm -hmm. i love them theseus is like my number one man like yes controversial opinion i know like i (laughs) oh i know um (laughs) ariadne would would disagree a whole (laughs) podcast in itself so Mm -hmm. um and like it was it was a romance i mean except that where I had to end the book, it didn't have a happily ever after. But when I wrote the sequel, it sure did. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> and, and like, I was like, no, I'm going to write historical fiction. I'm going to write historical fiction. And I wrote, um, so I, I wrote Helen of Sparta. I wrote by Helen's hand. They got their happily ever after. I wrote Tamer of Horses, which also is a little, like, it's a very romance um, but the epilogue is tragic, so just don't read it. Don't read the <laughs> epilogue, and yeah. you have a romance. Um, mm-hmm. but like Greek myth, like it's all tragedy, so like you have to like, yeah, pick where you want to end things mm-hmm. if you want it to end happily. <laughs> um, and then and and Helen of Sparta by Helen's hand, they were published by Lake Union Publishing. Um, as historical fiction, women's fiction. So, like, I mean, I was kind of sneaking the romance in there. <laughs> and then writing more on the side, like Honor Among Orcs. And um, what else was I writing? Oh, yeah. Um, Son of Zeus coming mm-hmm. soon. But when I, like, had, like, the real romance novels, I couldn't find publishers like the deeper i leaned into romance the the less traction i was getting traditionally and i don't know whether that's just because i was departing from the brand Mm -hmm. that i had established Mm -hmm. um or whether it was just because my sales were not 
what maybe someone might have hoped they would be. Yeah. Um, all I know is that, like, I wrote, I wrote Daughter of a Thousand Years for Lake Union Publishing, and that was the third book in, in that contract, and it finished the, out the contract that I had with them. Um, and that book was not a romance, and it, like, just, like, broke me to write mm-hmm. it. Um, It was a very personal book for a lot of reasons. And after I finished it, I started writing these contemporary romances and it was like I was being healed. Yeah. So, and then, of course, um, I ended up launching a whole third pen name just Mm -hmm. to publish these contemporary romances that I wrote. Um, So... My path to romance was live in denial (laughs) until publishing breaks you and then finally embrace the fact that you are a romance writer at heart Mm -hmm. and part of you needs to also write these books. Like, I still do write some historical fiction and, like, I love the Bronze Age, so I'm never going to give it up. Um, But... And I, and I still write fantasy, um, but most of that is heavily romantic. <laughs> you know, they're, they're in the passenger seat, right? Like, the romance is driving. Right, yeah. Um, I, I, I think, um, you know, that's so interesting, too, because you're talking about how, you know, like, the sales that you have with your previous books affect when you try and pivot to do something else, yeah. right? Because then they yeah. ask you, oh, I see that you've you've published this book. Uh, how well did you do? And it's like, well, does it, does it yeah. matter if I'm doing yeah. a whole different new thing? Does it? Uh, it does to them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the uh, that's something that I think a lot of... I, you know, I've been I've been working on getting published for whoa, five years now ish. Yeah, big and, mood. Yeah, uh, my my family, bless them. Um, uh, they they've been trying to understand, and they they don't get a lot of you know <laughs> most of it. They don't yeah. they don't get yeah. this whole thing really, but they support me. Um, yeah. But one of the things that I get all the time is, well, why don't you just self-publish? Why don't you just do indie publishing? And I'm like, well, yep. here's this whole complicated mess. One yep. of them being, I don't really have that much of a platform. Like, I don't yeah. have anybody to sell to. More oh, than likely, yeah. if I yeah. were to put something out there, it would just sink to the bottom of the algorithm. Yeah. Um, maybe I'd get lucky, but probably not. And then on top of that, right, like, if I do tank... And then I try and get something published traditionally in the future. They're going to be like, oh, I see right. you have a self-published book. Let yeah. me see sales, please. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's, so it's it's a gamble one way or the other. You know, we can't all be Ruby Dixon. We can't all be publishing, yeah. you know, a book yeah. every other month and doing crazy numbers over there in right. publishing. Well, even, uh, um, even having my small press published series, which was yeah. a, in a totally different genre, mm-hmm. I, I had to my agent um, advised me to like get a pen name for historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would start as like, I was a debut historical yeah. fiction debut author and then basically erase my, yeah my sales history that way. Um, because like, yeah, like it was a small press, like it was, and it was a small press starting out. Like it wasn't like, it was a, it was 
a, like I was happy with the contract because where yeah. I was, like I wasn't really ready for anything more than that, like to handle anything more than that because the bigger the contract, the more money you're dealing with, like then you like yeah. more tax, like taxes and figuring mm-hmm. out your business and like it becomes like a whole giant monster and I was like terrified of that so like it was the right contract for me and I think for those books because nobody else was ever gonna like yeah I can be honest (laughs) and say those books like do not fit any existing market share (laughs) (laughs) they just don't so that's fine um so I'm like really grateful that they Oh, yeah, no, it was really, in fact, I actually didn't even find any kind of comp until, like, two years ago. I read Kushal Sart, and I was like, wait a minute! (laughs) (laughs) That, like, gives me chills, like, the idea of just, like, searching and searching and searching, you're doing your query letters, like, there has to be something, there has to be something! Yeah, and and there was, I just hadn't read it! So (laughs) brutal! Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's hard because no matter, like, if you take a small step Mm -hmm. and it's a step forward for you and, and even when there is no real expectation of sales, because I don't think anybody expects these small presses, these micro presses to really be moving high volumes of books, especially if they're print on demand and they can't get into bookstores. Like Mm -hmm. there are so many challenges like in the way of getting those books into readers' hands, but it still can count against you as an author when it's time to sell the next book because there's this idea, which is, I'm going to say a thing. I apologize, publishing. Please don't hate me. But there is a lie that publishing tells itself and all of us that mm-hmm. if it's a really good book, it'll rise to the top regardless. <sighs> no, right? yeah, no. Like that, that, yeah. But that's the lie that everything yeah. else is predicated upon. So mm-hmm. if you publish a book and it doesn't rise magically to the top with your no advertising, no yeah. money for marketing, no platform self at the mm-hmm. wheel, like then it's like, well, I guess maybe you're not as good yeah. of like because you didn't really take off. Well, like I I can't control a- Amazon's algorithms. I I'm only one person. <laughs> yeah. And if you and if you don't have a platform, right? If you don't have a, right. a fan base to yeah. sell to, a dedicated fan base to sell to, yeah. which is nowadays harder to build than ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody's already following everybody they want to follow. Good mm-hmm. luck, right? Yep. Um it's it is extremely difficult to rise to the top. I I see it all the time in bookstores, right? And mm-hmm. and you can so clearly see the difference when it when a yeah. publisher is pushing a book. Yeah. Those are the books that people talk about. Those are the books that people come right. in and say, "Hey, I heard about that book uh right. I was uh listening to something on the radio and it had the thing," right? And it's like, "Okay, cool. Those methods work." We, that's great. Good to see. Yes. But indie authors, smaller authors, most authors have no idea how to set up their own interviews. They they don't have the resources to do these things. Like I, I you know, a good 
illustrator for for covers right. and stuff is essential, right. you know, a lot of times. Yep. And authors are just usually regular people who don't know how to even get that whole shenanigans started, right? right? Yeah. Like, let alone have the money or resources to afford them on their own. Yep. Um or they trust in publishing to do right by them because they know what right. they're doing, don't they? They're, they've right. been in this longer than me. And <clears throat> but publishing, even just in the time that I have been in publishing, mm-hmm. the amount of work that has been shifted to the author mm-hmm. for promotion and marketing and selling mm-hmm. the book and moving copies mm-hmm. is so extreme. Like, it's just it's a mountain yeah like you can either be an author or you can be your own publicity agent and so so many of us are like so deeply introverted too that expecting us (laughs) to be able to do all of this labor Mm -hmm. to sell our own books like why am i giving you like why am i giving you a 90 percent cut Mm-hmm. If you're not even gonna try and sell the book. And I, I think that's a really good segue to talking about like publishers' reluctance to publish books that are right. asked for and wanted by mm-hmm. a rabid audience, mm-hmm. right? And whether or not you think that in the future, indie publishing, self-publishing is either going to be absorbed into traditional publishing by them adopting this sort of like hybrid model and accepting the sort of nicher, less mainstream stuff that is becoming more and more popular, or self-publishing and indie publishing is going to eventually simply overtake traditional publishing because it's A, faster, and B, authors can write whatever the hell they want to an audience that wants those things. I think a lot is going to depend on whether bookstores survive the pandemic. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't, I mean, I, like, I really don't, I'm not really happy with, man, if publishing, big publishing, traditional publishing goes and adopts the indie model and stops, like, like, I feel like they're going to just support their books even less. Yeah. And at that point, what value is there in traditional publishing at all? Like even now, sometimes you have these digital first presses that are operated by traditional publishers Mm -hmm. and okay, they have the distribution, but does the distribution matter if you can't get a print edition? You know, it's, it's funny. I think a lot of people when they start out with with their publishing journey, they talk about, like, they want to get traditionally published because it's sort of a prestige thing, right? Right. Like, oh, I want to be a real author, right? Right. For me, it's always been, I, the reason I want to be traditionally published, or I'm trying to be traditionally published, right? Lord knows if it'll ever happen. But, like, is because of the support system. You end up with a team of people who are supposed to help you out and who know what they're doing, who can look at your work. in an ideal situation, <laughs> right? The faces I'm making, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In an ideal situation, they, they somebody else knows what they're doing, and they'll help you yeah. out, and they yeah. somebody will design the cover, and somebody yeah. will pitch the book to a bookseller and all this stuff. Yeah, let's do it. Like, there's, 
there's infrastructure to support you. Whereas, right. you know, the scary thing about being an indie, you know, an indie author is that yeah. you have to be your own team. You have to figure all this yeah. out. And once you yeah. have it figured out, I think there's a lot of power to be having no. being an indie author. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can just do whatever you want, though. Is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can publish Oric books. Yeah. 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 Whereas, like, you know, Penguin Random House is going to be like orcs. You oh, okay, women okay, don't wait. want that. Let's, can we? How do we define figuring it out? I feel like that's, that's okay. There, yeah, that is that is true. True that's facts. That's where we're having a little hiccup here. If you can, if you can figure out how to get your stuff online, get it edited, and get art for it. Uh huh. Yeah. And get somebody somewhere to, to read it. it. That's I think figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. There you go. Uh, oh, like, you need to sell books. Uh, uh, like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, because like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's it's kind of great, and like there are definitely times when I'm like, I am not gonna do this. Like I know, like I I guess I have to backtrack a little bit and mm-hmm. and say as a disclaimer, every book I have written is just a little bit wrong for the market. Mm-hmm. Right. So nothing I write fits neatly anywhere. And of course, nobody wants to take that on because it doesn't mm-hmm. fit neatly anywhere. So then how do we sell it? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always because that's always ultimately the question. How do we sell it? How do we sell it? How yeah. do we sell it? Um, who's going to want this? Yeah. Not even who's going to want it. How do we reach them? Yeah. With the existing labels and structure mm-hmm. that we have built because we don't know how to sell things outside of that. Yeah. And I and I think that that also, like, now the way that indie publishing, the self-publishing has gone, it is, it used to be that it didn't matter as much because mm-hmm. you didn't have to fit on a bookshelf if you were digital, like, primarily digital. Yeah. But now with like the categorization and the algorithms, um, I think that it's made it even harder mm-hmm. for the crossover, like genre crossing mm-hmm. books, because you still you still have the same problem of where do I fit it? How does mm-hmm. it fit? Like how do we reach the people? And if it doesn't fit in this niche which is like very well established and strictly like defined mm-hmm. by the market. Yeah. Then you're going to get really bad reviews. You're going to get mm-hmm. like the, and it's going to turn off the reader and, and that because it's not what they expected, even though it like, like, for example, I have a book coming out, son of Zeus. It's mm-hmm. like, I, it's available now to p- portray on patrons, but um, I'm going to be releasing it this year for everybody. And it's about, Pirithus, who is a son of Zeus from the Bronze Age, and he ends up in the modern world, right? What genre is this book? Is it paranormal romance? But there aren't any shifters. And paranormal romance has, like, gone deep into the shifting, like, right? And, like, or is it just contemporary fantasy? But, like, is it contemporary fantasy romance? Is it mythological? Like, what? 
what genre is this book? Like, is it really romance enough? Because it focuses more on Pyrrhus's journey as a Bronze Age hero who is in a totally foreign land and world, mm-hmm. rather than like, like Thalia, who is the woman he meets and falls in love with. Like, she knows how the world works. She like her biggest hurdle is like, how do I like manage this dude? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like he's feral. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, this is not how the world works anymore, buddy. Yeah. Um, Please stop putting olive oil all over you. Stop it. Stop it. You're so glistening. Stop. (laughs) So how do you, like, how do you sell the book? Like, I basically am at a point where I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to just write it. Mm -hmm. And if people find it, good. And if they don't, I wrote the book. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that's like all you can do, right? Like, if you write a good book, <laughs> the rest, <laughs> yeah, that's first hurdle, write a good book. Good luck. Uh, it's, I, I think, you know, all you can do at that point, like, as an author, is you only have the tools that you have, right? right. You you only have the skills that you have, and you can learn a certain set of, of particular skills. Um, but, like, overall, you know... It's, it's a long game, too. Like, nothing yeah. in publishing, indie or otherwise, is yeah. quick. Uh, short of you going viral, which is usually a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Truth. You know, you can only get one reader at a time, really. Unless you're, you know, I don't know, doing some crazy stuff. I don't know. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a long game that has no immediate solution. It has no immediate success. Uh, and, and I think that, you know... It, if your book is good, somebody somebody will like it. You, somebody will like it, even if it's a bad book, because there is a there's a reader for every there is, single book in the there world. There is, there is, there is. Yeah. Um. So, like, I mean, I guess I got really off topic there because, like, what the question is: What will traditional publishing? Yeah. Uh, who will triumph in the epic yeah. cage match between traditional and indie? And <sighs> Like, man, I don't know. These big publishers, they keep consolidating. Yeah. Deep, like, bigger. Like, and at that point, once you get so big, I don't even know how they pivot at all. Yeah. Yeah. So then are we going to just, like, see these big publishing houses that have existed for hundreds of years who refuse to change their business model just completely just collapse and a new, a new house of... <laughs> a new ruling house will rise yeah. from the ashes. Right, like from like the from the small press. Yeah. Like those like cuz those are the pre- like the smaller presses I think have more flexibility and are able to pivot a little bit more easily. Um but I I mean, I don't know. I hope they're still going to pay their authors. <laughs> I well, <laughs> they've never been good at that, have they? <laughs> no, but like I mean because yeah. that's the big advantage, right? If you get yeah. a good contract with a traditional publisher, you have the good advance. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not like I like I would love to be traditionally published again because I'm yeah. not going to lie to you, like the money with a traditional publishing contract for me, like and mm-hmm. this is not true for all indie publishers, like indie authors. Yeah. But for me, the money was a lot better. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, like yeah, like, and I like, yeah. So I'll take if somebody wants to throw me a contract, I am here for it. Yeah. But I'm also the kind of author who is going to say, I'm, I'm not going to write for the market. I'm going to write the books that I feel called to write. Yeah. I, I think that what they're going to do, the, the trend I'm seeing is that they are already, like you talked about, relying now so heavily on the author's labor already yeah. in the publishing yep. houses. You know, you get yep. that big advance, great. But you have to do most of the work. Mm-hmm. You're the one who's sending out the merch. You're the one who's who's doing the promo. You're the one who's, mm-hmm. you know, setting up all the Zoom meetings and stuff like that. And um, what I think they're going to do is I think they are going to, in the future, start snapping up... Um, like really established indie creators who already oh, have yeah. a brand, they, who've they already are done all the work. It. Yeah, yeah. I think they're just going to start doing it in mass, right? Because yeah. they they don't have to do any of the work. Then the platform's already built. Right. The the brand's already built. All they have all to do is to package do is... and distribute. Yeah, that's it. Um, which is a really grim. <laughs> it's a really grim outlook. I mean, yeah. If if authors are getting paid and books are getting sold and people are reading them, I mean, ultimately, that's all we want. But the someone's losing out there, and it's usually the author. Um, which uh, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah, and but this is what, like, I like to say, I don't, I don't play the lottery. I don't really gamble because. I already play the lottery of publishing. Yeah. Right. So every, and this is what drives me to keep publishing books because Mm -hmm. you just don't know. Lightning Mm -hmm. could strike, right? Like what, like maybe I couldn't find an agent or a publisher for these contemporary romances, but if I self-publish them, maybe they will find their audience at some point and take off on their own. And yeah, and the miracle will happen and I will laugh all the way to the bank and then they can come to me and offer me a contract when, like, you know, yeah. I've already established myself. Fine, whatever. At which point, like, then do you even need the contract? That's a different question. Yeah. But, like, you just you just never know. And I think that that's it's, – it's also as true in traditional publishing that you yeah. just – they they invest heavily in the books that they – have decided have the best earning potential in advance, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. every once in a while, there's still that runaway hit that's overperforming that nobody expected was going to take off. And if you're that mm-hmm. author and they lowballed you the advance, you're going to be rolling in royalties. Like, yeah. So you just, like, I, I don't know. Like, the game is oh. so. <sighs> All you can do is, and it sucks. I I hate the whole like keep the hustle work ethic. Right. I, I yeah. hate I hate the the publishing narrative of like oh you got to fail up every failure every rejection is like yeah you got to earn it. It's like uh, shut up shut up. It sucks. It sucks and yeah. you know it and we know it and we can just just yeah. do it together. But yeah. unfortunately, all you can do is keep doing it. Yep. Like that's it. Yep. All you can do is keep writing and keep putting out good work. And, you know, if the book gets in one pair of hands that like it and can change their life, you know, and they recommend it to a friend, like, that's kind of 
all you can ask for. Now, you yeah. can really super want them to then give it to all their friends, and then give it to all their friends, and then give it to all their friends and family, right. and so on and so forth. Yes, that is also true. The but- dream. But realistically, you know, you have to, I think, if, if you don't have the, the fortitude to, to just keep on trucking, um, you're not, this is a publishing is is not for you. (laughs) No, like mental health wise, you're done. You're just, you're toast. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, I, I, I've got, an enormous pile of rejections at this point. Yeah. I I've got far 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 more rejections than than yeses. I got maybe one yes. Well, when I hey, got into the you only need one. That's you only need one, and then it was a no. It was a yes and then no, so it was yeah. fine. It balanced out. My life. I have lived that life same. also. Yes, yes. That good, good submission high and yeah. then crash. Hey, you um, gotta celebrate when they say yes, even if you know the no could still be coming. It's true. <laughs> I got so sweaty and was so excited. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, but you know, but it, it didn't happen, and and you know, I think that's again. I hate the bootstraps narrative. I hate that like. You know, you know, the Stephen King had the nail on his wall where he put his his rejection slips every single day for like right. ten years, and it's like, right. all right, but it still sucks, though. It still sucks yeah. like a lot, though. Um, yeah. And and it's unfortunately it is sort of the reality of what we're doing, and I think even as as booksellers, I see it every day, right? Like I I see this like. I see what people like, and I'm just like, how is that? What's happening now? Like, how is and and when did that? The one day, all of a sudden, a book will just be hugely in demand. No, no, right. uh, no publicity, no nothing. Just all of a sudden, everybody wants this book, and no one has it in stock. And <laughs> Ingram is zero everywhere because right. they just didn't print enough because right. no one thought this book was going to be wanted. Right? Yeah. And, and every time I see that, I'm always just like, hell yeah, Come yeah. On. That is the dream. Good for yeah, you. Love that. <laughs> or you know the the small pleasures of of you know a, a twelve year old you know coming up to the counter and being like, oh, I like this book, but I don't know what else there is to read. Do you have any <laughs> recommendations? And I just like turn into some sort of like Baba Yaga, like hobgoblin, <laughs> and I'm like. Oh yes, I've got uh, so these recommendations for you. Tell me, have you read Ali Carter's I'd Tell You I Love You, but then I'd have to kill you. Yeah, right. Yup. <sighs> yup. Yeah. You know, it, it it just is the way it is. It's the long game. You have to take the small pleasures before they come. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I'm one of those people who I love writing. I love mm-hmm, yes. writing. I love the stories I'm telling. I feel Mm -hmm. called to write some of the books that I'm writing. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like it is incumbent upon me to be a a responsible storyteller as far Mm -hmm. as I'm able and to help normalize things that are, are not normalized in our culture to be like one of those people who's speaking so that other people know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. But man, publishing. <laughs> freaking brutal. I hate publishing. I hate it. 
I hate it. And I should it's say been around that too because, long. It's like, whatever, old. author, blah, blah, like, but, like, I, I hate publishing. I just want to write my books. Yeah. And if I could get them out into the world and skip the whole publishing part and still, yeah. like, live... I would do it. <laughs> like, yeah. give me independent wealth and I will write and publish all the books for free. It's fine. <laughs> God. Just give me that, like, universal basic income and I'll just do it. Yeah. Like, you don't even pay me. You know what you are all get? Like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a good uh, bonnet on this lady. Uh, <laughs> let's. <laughs> On that note. (laughs) (laughs) Give us UBI and also this is the end of the episode. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You're in the plug zone. Oh, I'm in the plug zone. Okay. Uh, Okay. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about, I suppose I should talk about me first. (laughs) I I am the author of honor among orcs as featured on this podcast a very good book with an interesting magical system (laughs) um i am also the author of the postcards from asgard duology which involves it's popping off some people from asgard coming to earth in the contemporary times it's pretty Mm -hmm. great um and the fate of the gods series which begins with forged by fate which is as previously mentioned, a fantasy romance. <laughs> no matter how I have denied it in the past, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just as Amalia Dillon. <laughs> as Amalia Teresa, I write sexy contemporary romances uh, like that are like rom commy, And I mean, I really like they really are sexy like I'm uncomfortable with how sexy they are sometimes. <laughs> I'm ca- like I was raised Catholic. I know that some people are gonna frown at me in my family, but they exist. I couldn't stop it. I'm sorry. It is there is a little is, spanking man. in book one, but like after <gasps> that, the spanking corner. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you tricked me into it. I'm sorry. I'm I sorry. Trusted you. <laughs> But I cannot tell you how much I love these characters. Yeah. That I'm writing as Amalia Teresa. Like they like they give me life. And as Amalia Caracella, because yes, I am all the Amalias. <laughs> I write historical if an romance. Amalia, it's probably you. <laughs> so or land historical romance. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have tragedy. Historical fiction and women's fiction and um yeah, so you should check me out if you like Bronze Age Greece, because I am all up in it. Um, mm-hmm. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Amalia T, as in Thomas, D, as in Dylan, <laughs> A-M-A-L-I-A-T-D. And I guess I'm also kind of on Instagram. I know that, like, that's big. So <laughs> I'm at Author Amalia, <laughs> because I'm all the Amalias. Um, yes, you're, or you're you can Amalia. find me, <laughs> or you can find me online. I have a website because that was mm-hmm. the thing you did when I started. <laughs> www.amaliadillon.com. Listen, listen. I am the only Amalia Dillon. 
Okay? <laughs> You're the only one that, that matters, at least. As long as you don't put an O in the Dylan name, I am the <laughs> only one. Okay? Yeah, that'll You'll do it. You'll be able to find me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and coming soon, as previously discussed, Son of Zeus, Pirithus, Son of Zeus, Hero of the Bronze Age, familiar to readers of Helen of Sparta, makes a mess in the modern world and falls in love while he's at it. It's currently a Patreon exclusive, but oh we'll gosh, be releasing so wide in paperback and digital this summer. And listen... I, I was told it wasn't a romance, but it has a happily ever after. The romance is definitely driving Pirithus in all of his decision making. I'm sorry that he is maybe more the main character than sh- than Thalia is. I'm sorry. I, 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 I mean- apologize if that is a deal breaker for you, but I love him. it doesn't have to be an even split it doesn't have to be like it can't be from one person's perspective like it can't be one person's story i i won't i won't take any guess about that i know i know um so yeah and while i have you even though this plug section is going on really long it's not it usually does don't worry about it (laughs) uh i'm gonna shout out to Literally any fantasy romance by Wendy Sparrow, okay? (laughs) She wrote a romance about Jack Frost falling in love called Frosted. It's still winter. Go buy it. And she wrote a Taming the Pack Werewolf trilogy. (laughs) Taming the Pack Werewolf trilogy. I'm looking at these now. These look very good. Which are, like, she has, she's just so effortlessly funny, um in her like it's just it's it's great and they're they're sweet romances so Mm. like if you don't like all the sex that i wrote you can read her books and and be refreshed because be cleansed like they're like they're really i like just honestly just really good and also Mm -hmm. um the immortal viking series by anna richland which is like suspense Mm. action-packed romance living in that paranormal romance military special ops Mm. crossover space um i loved them i like honestly like i just devoured those books so recommended by me and i'm gonna shout out to fire by Kristen kishore as one of my all-time oh god yes favorite ya romantic journal yes So, Bitter um, blue out of control. And and lastly, I'm going to say Shards of Honor by Lois McMaster Bejold is a fantastic romantic sci-fi. Okay. Um, I I defy anyone not to fall in love with Errol and Cordelia. That's that's all there is to it. All and, right. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I have some more, but I feel like I took a lot of time. So I'm going to call it right there. And if you want to know what other books I love, you can find me on the internet because I am, again, the only Amalia Dillon. (laughs) (laughs) Just follow her on Twitter and then add her incessantly about her recommendations. Just flood her, her her notification inbox with with recommendations. That's, That's all you need to do. I will be here for it. Waiting. Yes. Yes. Very patiently, I'm sure. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, so I guess it's my turn. And you know, I do this every single time. I hate it every time. Uh, okay, so a couple of announcements. I want to make sure I get these off at the, the top because I, I just recorded two episodes that actually will be coming out after this because this Ooh. is coming out uh, soon. Um, but I... I um, all right. I had an anxious week. I had a rough and anxious week. This week has been a lot for me personally. I got I some emails from Avon that were very stressful for me. I got some some I got the ramp thing which was very very stressful. Uh and then all of this, so much and a lot. Okay. But <laughs> you know what cures that? Buying things. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. <laughs> so, your girl bought 1,500 stickers. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, sure. I should do stickers for the podcast. Okay. Yes. And then I just really anxiously photoshopped for a few hours. And then I was like, I guess I'm just going to buy these now. And then they were like, it's $34 uh, or it's $32 to, to buy 500 stickers or for a thousand stickers, it's $36. And I yeah. was like, well, I'd be a fool not to That's get a right. thousand stickers. Economies and then I got an extra scale. 500 on top of that. Yes. So I'm doing a thing for a limited time until I decide I want to stop. I don't know when. Um, where if if you as listeners and you as Amalia Dillon would like, I am going to send stickers out into the world for free for just liking the podcast. You get stickers. Oh, I definitely yes. want a sticker. I One for them, sure. Yeah. One of them is the is the the logo with the uh-huh. hand and the. And it drippies. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is a sexy disease sticker that defines what sexy disease is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's yes. pink. It can go anywhere. It's about like they're they're pretty small, like two inches by two inches and one and a half inch by two and a half inch. So if you would like stickers, I'm gonna do more stickers in the future. Um, I wanna do like a spanking corner sticker. <laughs> yes. You definitely have to send me one of those because Yes. <laughs> yeah yeah you've earned it i have uh, and then i'm sure we'll do more ridiculous stickers in the future if you have ideas for stickers based on jokes from the podcast send them in i will probably just do them um because i want them personally <laughs> yes um so if you would like uh some stickers i will send them to you anywhere pretty much in the world probably um because there's a post office right by my work um yes. but uh uh so just send me an email with your information uh and I will do that or you that you could send to kingdomwithurst at gmail.com or you can use our contact sheet on the website at kingdomwithurst.com. You can also, uh if you would like, I can read a message from whoever on the podcast. Um you just have to put in your preferred pronouns as well as check the box at the bottom that says yes I would like it read or no I would not like it read. Thank you very much. Um you can hit me up on Twitter, Kingdom Thirst at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the way to Spice Facebook with every fiber of my being. Oh don't we uh, all says so there's so many flanges and buttons and levers and such and I just <sighs> don't get how to use it and I don't like it. And they keep sending me freaking notifications about oh if you buy this ad for five dollars we'll send it to like 500 people and it's like four times yeah. a day don't ever don't uh, no don't ever. no <laughs> get your snoot out of my stuff um yep. but 
if you can uh, hit me up there, you can send me your suggestions for things to do on the podcast, as well as sticker suggestions, um, addresses and what all for, for the podcast. I realized after uh, I started doing this already in the, at the end of the podcast that I should have been like, if you share the podcast with so-and-so and send me proof, I'll send you a sticker. So I made it like <laughs> transactional. I didn't. Yeah. I already offered them for like yep. nothing. So I just got to continue that. But hey, it would be super wait. cool. You could do one sticker... For the people who just, like, asked for one. And a bonus second sticker with proof of sharing the podcast. Yeah, you get a sexy Then you haven't gone back on your word at all. Ah, I like the way you think. Very calculated. I like it. You are welcome. Uh, We'll see if that works out or if anybody takes me up on it. But uh, you you can do all that there. Um, Gosh. Uh, Our bookshop.org account is an affiliate account that if you purchase the books via the account, including Honor Among Orcs, which is up yeah. there. Uh, you help indie authors, you help indie booksellers, and you help your local indie podcast. Yes! Um, and and yeah, I think that's about it. We also have like a YouTube channel. I realize I'm forgetting, forgetting to mention. I haven't uploaded more episodes because I've been very busy. But uh, if that's your bag, I don't know why you want it, but if there's episodes up there. It's just the it's the same. Um, uh, but uh, I got a cool little like like logo that like zooms in whenever the episode starts. That's the only difference. Nice. Um, yeah. So that's that's it. Tune in next week for for uh, shenanigans. Thank you so much for being on, Amalia. It's been fun. Yeah, it was uh, a genuine pleasure. A genuine pleasure. It's very hit fun. me up anytime. Maybe next time we can do yeah. an actual episode and we'll talk about some, <laughs> some nonsense. Yeah. Look, look, tell me what to read. I will read it. Oh, see, normally people don't volunteer to read. I'm the only one who can read I, on this podcast. I, will, I don't have a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's I the plague times. I could never get my friends to ever read a book. So uh, I, had to, I had to be the one to read if I wanted to actually do this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I have struggled that struggle. Yeah. Hey, look, yeah. Like, tell me a, give me a wreck. I'm actually right now currently reading Finley Fens, (gasps) the lady in the orc, the first of her orc books, because, because I heard about it on this podcast (gasps) when it was mentioned alongside Honor Among Orcs. So. Oh my God. Yeah, that's happening. It's a very different book from yours, isn't it? Yeah. It is different, but like, um, Finley Fenn is like killing it, like outrageously good. Good writing, for her, right? like, like, yeah, like really, yeah. Um, I was only disappointed Makes- that there wasn't a paperback edition because, yeah, yeah, I would have like I, snapped I that up like that. Um, four weeks ago. Yeah, so, no, there. So all of her books have made me cry so far. Every single one, <laughs> like. They all have very good happy endings, but she writes the angstiest bullshit and it hurts me every time. <laughs> and I know I know she's going to hurt me. And yet I go into it like, mm, this one, maybe she'll be nice to me. And maybe this oh, one won't no. bruise me so much. No. And every time I'm like, I gotta go take out my contacts. No, there are two kinds <laughs> of authors. There are the authors who delight in hurting you along the way and the authors who just want to like wrap you in like a warm towel and tell you everything is going to be okay. And I don't Finley think there Finn is any punches in between. Me in the face yeah. Every time. <laughs> she gives me a warm towel to hide her fist coming at yeah. me. 
<laughs> well, anyway, I'm enjoying it so far. So <clears throat> I'm well, glad to know wonderful. that I have the punch to the feel. Bye. But yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's the end of the podcast. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye.